square fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Well, hey, did you get any rest? I absolutely did. Um, I slept very, very well last night in my own bed. In your own bed. Folks, I'm talking to the winner of the 2023 UKC Tournament of Champions, Jeff Rickliffs. Jeff, how's that feel? Man, it's a uh, it's awesome. I, <laughs> you know, you you always uh, going into something like that. Of course, you always think, boy, it'd be that'd be a sweet win. Um, you know, you just never know when it's going to happen. And then, and I've had a the a great opportunity and fortune to to win a few big ones in my life. And when it's all oh, yeah. said and done. You look back and say, man, that was fun. And it was, it was just, they go, it seems like there's go so smooth. And so, yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's definitely had time to sink in the last couple of days. And it's, um, it's an awesome feeling that that's top of the line hunt they put on. Oh, for sure. And I was watching some of the coverage there. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that as we go along too. But, uh, uh, and, and <laughs> I had to chuckle with you there at the end when, Alan Gingrich was interviewing you there after the win, and you had uh, was talk. You were talking about John Strickland, uh, telling you, you know, that you really needed to go to that hunt, and you were like, "Whatever." Yeah, <laughs> it's another coon hunt. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I was privileged to go out there the first year, and man, they do it upright, don't they? unbelievable red carpet treatment for for you know uh we're all so used to especially us that you know have been around a long time just going to the old coon hunters club and um you know it's this is not the not anything like that it's it's a it is it's unbelievable the the venue and and the way they they treat you it's it i mean some of the i'm, I'm not down in any registry I, I hunt them all and i you know i like them sure. all but yeah. They need to, they could take some uh, notes from this one. That's it's, oh, yeah. you feel like you're wanted and welcomed and it's great. Yeah. I think UKC back about three years ago, or maybe it's been four since I know it's three years for the tournament champions, but back when they started planning all this, I think they had a, uh, an overall plan, you know, that they needed to do something. And uh, they came up with this idea, these five cast wins and qualify for a tournament of champions, which spins off of the fact that you get, you make night champion on five wins. And, uh, you know, when I was asked to come out and be part of the uh, analysis effort there with Jay Paul and and all I, you know, of course I, I agreed. I said, man, that sounds like a lot of fun, you know. But until I got out there and saw the, the effort that they put into everything, um, you know, I, I've been to a few coon hunts myself, and uh, tried to do a good job in presentation. But I don't think anybody in the game today is is really uh, touching. UKC as far as in the actual presentation of the no. event and the way they're, you know, treating the hunters. And, man, I mean, they kept you fed out there, didn't they? Oh, my goodness. It's um, <laughs> it's unbelievable that everything they do. But, you know, got a little bit of um, a little bit of that, um, what I want to say, 
atmosphere and and what they're all about at the um, me and hobo made it to the uh world hunt finals last yeah. year down there in tennessee and it's a uh, it's a little bit similar um pretty close mm-hmm. and i was mm-hmm. like i was impressed with that you know and and john's like there again john strickland was like oh you wait go to the toc this year if you make it to the finals he said you'll really see it and i was yeah like i said i was blown away it's um it's yeah. it's quite the yeah you know it like i've talked to several people over the last couple of days and it's it's um it's pretty cool you don't think about it either and alan brought it up more than once about how it that you don't have to be a rich man to hunt in that yeah i mean it's anybody you know it's 150 dollars entry and you, all you gotta do is go win your five cast and right so that's it's a really it's a completely different deal than we hunt in most of the time you know and um, pretty cool. It really was. Yeah, Great. it really is. And on that point, Jeff, you know, we got a little plot dog, a partner, me uh, and I down in North Carolina. We knew the dog wasn't ready for this stage, you know, but hey, he had his five wins. Let's go give it a shot. You know, well, absolutely. Because, you know, cra- crazier things have happened, you know, I but just, uh, yeah, but man, nobody should turn down that opportunity. No, not yeah, at all. really. Well, I, I was going to save this for later on, but I might as well just throw it out there and I'll get some booze on this and all. The only thing, and and, and I'm not a, I'm a, a glasses half full kind of guy. I'm not a... The only thing I think they need to work on is that final cast coverage to get that video working. Uh, yeah. I don't know exactly what happened this year. I know they had planned to to video the final cast. I have no idea. I didn't. I stayed up pretty late, but I didn't stay up for the whole thing. But uh, then I saw later that apparently there was no video coverage, although they did have the play-by-play going on back at the studio which is top drawer there but uh anyway i can i can can fill you in a little bit about that yeah so i'm not going to get into great details because there was a little bit of a situation happening um with some club members that um it was it wasn't a a good thing Uh, like i said i don't want to get into it because i don't know a lot about yeah yeah i hadn't heard anything like that jeff so the place that was now i don't know if there had been any better coverage there but the place that had been picked out to hunt the final cast didn't get to be hunted because of some some things that went on and the guy said he wasn't going to guide the cast so um (laughs) that wasn't that wasn't a great thing so they it was kind of a last minute oh no what are we gonna do here um and you know doug cundiff um which has been a friend of mine as long as I've been coon hunting, his top dad drawer. was a field rep. Yeah. Top drawer. His dad yeah. was a is awesome Charlie man. was a field rep back when yeah. I was at UKC. Yeah. Yes, and he, you know, so I remember back in the day, I, Greencastle was basically almost my home club. I only lived about forty minutes from mm-hmm. there. I lived in West Lafayette for all those years, so I'd go to almost all their hunts, and you know, so I met Doug way back then, and um, so Doug, you know he's there this weekend of course running it and he kind of got you know shoved under the bus there hey we need a place to go so it was a last minute deal um i'm i'm sure it wasn't where they wanted i know it wasn't the place they wanted to go but it hey it was a it was a good place it was Mm -hmm. hilly 
a little hillier than I like, but I'm fat well, and you, old. Yeah, you can get into some hills there west of town, oh, over toward Putmanville. Over oh, yeah. That way, you know. And that's where we went. I mean, oh, I, hunted okay. hills. I hunted hills almost every casting. One cast, I guess we didn't. But mm-hmm. it was fine. There was nothing oh, yeah. horrible, and there's plenty of coons. But I think that's what happened. Oh, okay. I believe the first place we were going to go probably would have had better reception and everything. But when we got out there, it, it was just spur of the moment. Great place. It was big country. Great place to hunt the final cast. But they had no 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 yeah. kind of cell phone service yeah. or anything. So well, that that was bad. Yeah, the logistics on something like that, and especially in this electronic age, is incredible. You know, we used to even back in my days at PKC when we were doing well UKC too probably when we were trying to get phone calls back from the final cast. You know, to do the play by plays on on the. Uh, computer or on the internet you know you, you could run out of cell phone range and you'd have dead spots and all this right. stuff you know i mean <laughs> the guys sitting back home eating the popcorn you know need to understand yeah. <laughs> there's Absolutely. a lot of stuff goes on out there well i think wow. they did a great job and i'm i don't want to throw shade on it at all i would i was just i guess like some other of the viewers you know they wanted to see a little of the action, uh, uh, you know, but, but Hey, and, uh, I do know that Clayton Stark was with us on the, on the final cast and he, mm-hmm. he did, he videoed, um, a lot of it and it will be on, uh, yeah. it will be on his YouTube. Um, I think next weekend he told me so that I'm looking forward to watching oh, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Clayton I, I, does a great job. Oh yeah. And I'll tell you how oblivious I was to all this. I mean, I'm focused on what I'm doing, this whole cast, um, sure. trying to stay focused on my dog. I had no clue. I thought the whole time it was live video. And <laughs> come to find out it wasn't anybody. So. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I probably would, I guess I wouldn't have done anything different than I did, but I, I really thought that. Um, that it was a live video. I think I think I might have cussed one time, said something. I'm like, oh, I'm f- I forgot we're on live video here. And then there, a little bit later, they said we're not going, we're not live anyway. Don't worry. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, were you were you uh, trying to upstage your buddy there, your owner there, uh, Strickland? Oh, yeah. He's a he's a a Final Four video star. You know, he's yeah, he's, he's done a, a lot of. <laughs> yeah, his uh, this last year has been. Uh, He's been on a roll for sure. I yeah. I told him, I said, it's about time that you got to sit back and watch me win something That's again. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I wanted to, to talk about, before we get into, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time because I know you have to be pounded with all this in the aftermath. Today is just one day after you got back home, I'm sure. Did you get yeah. home Sunday? Yeah, yeah, I'm. A, I actually only live about two hours and twenty five minutes from Greencastle. Okay. Yeah. Not bad at all. So, you know, I um, I didn't get back to the motel probably till it was probably six o'clock in the morning. Mm. I slept in, and I was back up and home. And um, so yeah, it's it's, you know, it's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining at all. It's been absolutely unbelievable <laughs> the response had from this. I mean, it's yeah. um, cool. Um. It's. I mean, my phone has been absolute nonstop, and it's. Uh, I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's. Yeah. Uh, it feels good to, to do it again. It's been a while since I had a big one. Well, you know, I I posted up on. Uh, uh, not trying to take any credit here at all, 
But I posted up, I think it was on Friday, I said, going to the dog's podcast picks, Jeff Rickliffs and Hobo yeah. to win, win oh, the TFC. Absolutely. But I just had a feeling, man. I just had yeah. a feeling this was your time, brother. And then, well, I appreciate the feeling, yeah. and I hope you have a lot more of the feeling. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was. that was all I could do was – was root for you, but you know, looking at uh, well, before I get in, I'm keep trying to jump ahead of myself. I want to talk about the hunt a little bit, not ask you to recap every cast particularly, unless you want to. But I, you know, there was talk around that you kind of been in a slump for a while with Hobo, or the winds hadn't been coming maybe as quickly as you wanted. Uh, what was going on with that? Do you have any? Absolutely. Um, so like I mentioned in our podcast last year, um, this dog is, you know, one of my favorites I've ever had. Um, we, you know, we got him when he was young and I went, went to winning pretty steady with him right off the bat. Um, really excited about him. Well, you know, I don't think, I don't know if this had anything to do with it or not. Um, but got him in at the world hunt, um, didn't get any farther than the double cast win. But then starting in November, I went to Oklahoma to a, a, a big three night hunt and the dog just wasn't, I mean, this dog is always so competitive that you, you're always in the game. You, you don't win all the time, but you're always right there and feel like you have a chance. And those three nights, um, it was like he wasn't even out there. It was like, but he, he acted okay. I mean, around the motel and around you, and I, I just knew something wasn't right. And, um, so hmm. immediately I went to my vet, a very good friend of mine. I've always, I had an 85 year old man tell me when I was in my teens that, Hey, dogs can't talk. If you got a good dog, they'll have bad nights. But if they all of a sudden start looking bad and stay that way, it's probably health and they can't tell hmm. you that. So hmm. I've always remembered that. So I went to my vet, and sure enough, he had some. Uh, we really don't know what caused it. He, um, it, it wasn't really a UTI, but he had some stuff in his urine. Um, I don't even remember exactly what he called it—some plankton or something. I don't know. And mm-hmm. protein of, in his urine. Yeah, something like. I'm not yeah. sure if it's protein. It was a weird yeah. name, but yeah. oh, he showed okay. me. On, he showed me on the the scope, you know, what it was, and he told me that he's not sure why he had it, but, um, in a little, in some infection. And so, and he, he said, and he drank all the time out in Oklahoma at that hunt. I mean, he drank just like normal, but he said he was dehydrated as he's ever seen it all. Hmm. So, wow. put him on some antibiotics. He gave him a shot, put him on some antibiotics. He made me feed him. Uh, it's some kind of special, dog food i don't even remember what it was but it was like a 20 pound bag and he said complete take him off of what you're feeding now feed him this and that was to clear those bars up whatever was in his urine Hmm. and and put him on the antibox and everything and that so we laid him up for i don't remember that so that was at the time we i laid him up like two weeks that was the time that i took Paige and hunted at the truck Mm. hunt Mm -hmm. for john and and got her in yeah. and John went on and win the truck with her. So that's hobo was down is why I didn't have him there. So now we're going to get to the point. So after that, he started, I mean, I noticed, I thought he's looking, looking good again. Well, then all of a sudden 
it was like, boom, another notch better. I'm like, okay, now he's back to normal. And he was, he was, <laughs> he was completely back to normal. But I'm going to tell you something. I went to a bunch of hunts in January and February. I couldn't win. It's and the dog looked great. I mean, it's just like I had a black. The dog had a black cow over his head. I had a black cow. Whatever. We couldn't win if if it was if there was a chance to get beat by a quarter or a chance to get beat on a tiebreaker. <laughs> it happened. I mean, I mm. just oh, we were in a horrible snake I, bit, as we say, snake yeah. bit big time. And I <laughs> I can't tell you how many casts, but. I'm going to say, you know, I, I was joking around, said 30 cast in a row I lost. But, um, oh, let me back up a little bit because I did. So after the Oklahoma deal, I did. Uh, Randy Morgan, Scott Engel have a, a awesome invitational hunt every year in December. And mm-hmm. they, um, it's, you know, it's at a big deer club and it's, it's a really nice place and it's fun. Three night hunt, sixty-five or $7,500 entry fee. So I did win there on, on Friday night. I got in and we hunted it off and I won it. So I picked up a, a $20,000 win there. Mm-hmm. So, so I knew well, that's one I had forgotten about. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I knew he was healthy, felt good, looked good. So then that was December. So then January, February, I just went on a horrible losing streak and I was just, just disgusted. I really was. And I mean, John, John hunts with John had not hunted a lot with Hobo, but this winter there in January and February, we met a lot down in Georgia, his mom and dad and the stepdads. And, and we hunted, I stayed down there three weeks at different places and hunted all these hunts. And me and John were hunting. He's like, Jeff, he said, that's a good one. He said, I didn't realize how good he was. He said, I said, well, why do you think I, you know, I love this dog. That's, he said, yeah, he said, he's a good one. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on, why we can't win. And I, you know, we're like, we don't know what's going on and it just it kept on and we're it got to the point we were going to do something different um not sell the dog i mean john said we're not selling the dog but we had some people try to buy him and um but we're going to break something up we're going to maybe switch john take him me take something else just to see what was going on and we had we had made a date like if something didn't change by june 1st we were going to do some swapping around so went to the uh the zone hunts for the tournament of champions mm-hmm. and got he looked there again friday night looked great got beat by quarter i mean <laughs> i'm snake bit well then saturday night we go out there and mine trees four coons before anything makes a tree i score eight and a quarter and, and i'm like okay maybe we got this monkey off our back and that got us through the tournament of champions and the next week was a super stake won several cast out the super stake so things started looking a little better and then this happened this week so maybe we've completely slung that big gorilla off our back here (laughs) well i tell you what if you look at it and you look at his performance you know and i did a little uh show prep here before i uh called you jeff but you know uh, the dog scored 1575 plus points in four casts out there last weekend yeah he he won on thursday night he had, he scored three seventy five, and won his cast. His opposition had in the cast a hundred and seventy five, a hundred and fifty, and a hundred and seventy five minus. Right. Okay. So that was his Thursday night cast win. Then you went to Friday, right? And then that was when you the top twenty four, I guess, right. hunted. And he scored three seventy five again. And his opposition had 175 
and then two dogs had zero each. Right. And then on Saturday, the first cast, that's when uh, the Joe dog, uh, no, not the Joe. What what was the dog? BTO. BTO dog. Right. Uh, you jumped out ahead there. I think you had something like three something, and he had some minus, and and he withdrew with like forty minutes left. Right. Yeah. Seven yeah. minutes left. Yeah. 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 And, and so Hobo scored four hundred that night. Right. And then here the final cast, which was just lights out, dominated that one. Scored four twenty five. The blue dog had fifty plus, and the Joe dog had twenty five minus. So I mean, dominance. There's no other way you can say it, but he dominated yeah. those four casts. So, yeah, you're <laughs> you're right. When you look at it that way, I mean, it's like. But trust me, when a couple of those casts weren't as easy as it looked on the card. Um, like the final cast, there were some things happened. Like, I guess maybe I was just so focused and everything, but that things could have been way different, but they weren't. I mean, it, it's just the way mm-hmm. I guess you're just worried. You're not worried, but thinking of every scenario, what could happen. And of course, you know, the best scenario happened. I mean, he just, but that, that's this dog. This dog, he just, when he trees, he has coons. I mean, you know, that's, that is a such, I've always said that is the main ingredient for the win is, is having his coons. And that it was kind of funny. The one judge judged me like two or three cast, um, Jeremy Cox, um, mm-hmm. great, good guy. And he, I, I heard him talking to Clayton Stark after we pulled off my last tree, the hunt was over and they were taking, he, Clayton's taking some pictures with me and everything. And I heard Jeremy say, man, this dog, he said, he's, and he didn't think I could hear him. He's like, this dog's been impressive. He said, I think this dog's had a coon every single tree he's made this week. And I said, and I said, Hey, I said, you know, I just heard that. And I said, you know what? I really hadn't even thought about it, but you're exactly right. He's been one, he was 100% for this, this, mm. this week, every Th- tree made it. <laughs> Th- think about it in this world we live in, you know, and I think that the, the pendulum has kind of swung back. Uh, you know, there were a few years there that the Walker dogs were getting a lot of heat for slick trees. A lot Absolutely. of heat. But I think that pendulum is swinging back the other way. Don't you, Jeff? Do you, we, have uh, this talk, we have this talk all the time amongst hunters, and there is no doubt in my mind, Steve Fielder, 100%, I don't care what anybody else says, these dogs nowadays are so much better than the dogs of the, the, the old. I mean, these guys say, oh, these dogs nowadays, they don't hold up to these the back-in-the-old-days dogs. Bull-lonely. Then you hunt these big hunts that we, I'm not saying, I'm not bragging that we get to hunt all these big hunts, but when you go to a four or $5,000 entry, $7,500 entry, or get to the point where we were at later on in the TOC, where you're hunting against dominant dogs, buddy, you make one mistake. You get out of one, you get out of your, like when you're supposed to be treated over and have a coon and you're not, and this dog is, you know, ahead of you, you're beat. These yeah. dogs have coons these days. I mean, no, I'm not saying all of them. Sure, there's some dogs at Slick Tree, but I'm telling you, you go to these bigger hunts and hunt against these guys that are out here doing it every weekend. You better have your A game or 
any dog out there is going to win. It's it's unbelievable. So yes, <laughs> to answer your question, one thousand percent they have come around. Yeah, really. Well, I noticed that. I mean, they don't give you a running total. I mean, you know, plus and minus score on these results that we see on the internet. But, but uh, he didn't score any minus, did he? No, if he you didn't take that score, that score you got right there. Yeah, that is it. There was no circle, no minus. Period. That's amazing. <laughs> it really is now That's that I'm amazing. Think about it. Well, you know, Jeff, this is something I'll throw in there, and it's probably a little sidestep from what we're talking about, but overall looking at the the overall picture on this dog, I'm an old-school hound guy. You know, I grew up on hounds. I've been looking at hound eyes since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. I look at this dog's eyes in somebody's home. You know, the dog, I looked at some of the video that's on – the UKC Coonhound Facebook page and mm-hmm. the interviews that you did pr- prior to, you know, the finals and all that. I like the dog. I mean, he's got a beautiful head and he yeah. looks at you like, man, I know what's going on here. I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not excited. I'm not hyper. Fair. I'm just, you no. know, I, I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the most even keel, um, just smart, even mm. keel, not. And I'll, I'll tell you what, really, if you if you hunt with this dog a lot and you're around him a lot like me, I'm, I don't know if I've ever seen a dog. I mean, I'm sure there's been some close, but it, it, I don't know if there's ever been a dog that I've hunted that lives, breathes, eats, smells, tombs hunting more than him. That's, I mean, that's all he wants to do. And you can, I mean, you know, you're walking around in the evenings before the hunts. I always take him a big walk to try to get him to clean out and everything. He's just as calm as a cucumber and, you know, everything's fine. But I promise you, when you pull him out of that truck, he has got the biggest heart I've ever seen in any dog in my life. <laughs> mm. You got, I think you could cut his legs off and he's going to try to go. I'm never, <laughs> I mean, he's only three years old. That's yeah. another thing too. But oh, yeah. I'm never seen this dog tired i mean when we pulled him off that last tree walking out to the road for the ukc guys to get us i mean he winded a couple coons and and was wanting to go again and it's five o'clock in the morning you know (laughs) so he's got heart oh you gotta admire their heart that's for sure yeah you know and to think that he'd been hunted there what uh, forecast in a row you know sure and uh well, that, that's just awesome, man. Well, what about one of these casts or any one or two or three or all of them that kind of sticks out to you? Some some situations that happen or where you had to kind of get up on your handler horse a little bit? or, or Yeah, the, or, yeah, for sure. Um, so, and I was going to go back to it. There yeah. was another, the very first cast too, I was treed again just to, just to go into a little more about how many coons or how accurate he was yeah first round on thursday night great cast um 14 minutes left i'm treat again 0.95 through the hills cody carter's judging guiding and um the other guys are like you know i i they, they really can't beat me um and they're like no, we're we're done. We don't want to walk point nine five to him and he because we know he's probably got a coon anyway. 
and he did. I was just going to let you know. So we drove around. So that was one coon I didn't get to score on. That, that So that was another tree he had a coon on. But to answer your question on which cast, there is one. The Friday night cast was definitely the, the probably the most um, difficult or exciting. I had um, Steve Basham was in the cast with a whiskey dog. And I'm sorry, the other two guys I absolutely do not know. Um, I've never met him before. So okay. They were Oh, you remember the dogs you you did? You had the uh, Bart's High Dollar Whiskey Dog, a Walker dog, four year old yep. dog, Bruce Bart's, and Stephen Basham, right? Yep. Right. Okay. And then you had uh, the night champion Licking River Josie Wells. Yep. Uh, Larry Bourbon and Kyle Gunnels and Dustin James, all from St. Clair, Missouri. Uh, Larry Bourbon was handling. Yep. And then you had uh, uh, Lamond's Blue Dream, a blue tick, a yep. three-year-old male Aaron Lamond's, I guess that is, or Layman's, I'm not sure. Stephen right. Powers, uh, also co-owner, and this Aaron Layman's was the handler. So that's who you had on, that, on Friday yeah. night. Mm-hmm. I, I felt bad because I'm, I did not know the other two gentlemen, but I will say one thing. They were great guys super guys super nice um i know steve basham very well so Mm -hmm. jeremy cox was the judge um it's kind of strange we while we were at the club there at greencastle at at the venue um waiting to go we had a time set to go um just out of the blue they weren't calling for anything a pretty bad thunderstorm come in um it was rocking now i mean lightning thunder pouring down the rain Mm -hmm. so well, I ended up, I finally, I was sitting in the truck and it, it, I hadn't got, I hadn't changed in my hunting clothes yet. So it finally let up enough where I grabbed my hunting clothes and ran in the building to change. And there was a couple of guys standing there in, in the cast and the judge. And I'm like, Hey, I said, I wouldn't get in a hurry. I said, I looked at it. It's supposed to be out of here by, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to hunt in it either. So, so we hung out a long time and then it finally let up enough and, we had a, an older gentleman that was going to guide us, um, and he was kind of getting a little antsy but about wanting to go, but we finally got to go, and I noticed on the way out there, it was very, very, very warm, steam rolling off the ground, mm. and I checked, I checked the rain gauge on my phone. They had got seven-tenths, three-quarters of an inch of rain. Wow. I'm like, these coons probably aren't going to move. Yeah, it's going to be tough and, tracking if they are yes. moving. Yeah. I mean, the steam was rolling, so that's exactly what happened but we cut loose and we just got scattered it was unbelievable how bad we got scattered and i was fortunate enough hobo's not a great strike dog he's just he's very 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 honest and most of the time middle of the road but i ended up getting a first strike and um then the blue dog struck second and steve basham with whiskey third and the little we all went straight ahead well the little female dropped back behind us across the road in another woods well she struck behind us and God almighty, we got scattered and whiskey was the first one to get tree. He's point seven, whatever. He's three quarters of a mile. And about that time, the female comes tree behind us, but barely, you could barely hear her. So we were walking down the road to go around to whiskey. Well, then, um, mine had been in this woods trailing, um, old bad track. He couldn't do nothing with it. And he's, this is something we've worked on his whole life. And, um, he dropped it like he's supposed to and, and got on in there. Well, then the blue tick comes treed 
in the middle woods. So we got a dog behind us, a dog in the middle, and Whiskey Street across the next road. So we're scattered everywhere. I'm thinking, man, mine's not even treed yet. And um, by the time, if mine gets treed, you know, with the no leash lock, it's a different game. You got to think of it way different, you know. And so I'm thinking, well, Steve's got a coon here. He's going to have another hour and a half to tree another coon while I'm sitting over here waiting for him to even score me. So I was just, it, it did look like it was going to be a good situation. And on the way to whiskey, mine did get treated past him to the left over here. So as we're going around there, judge like, um, you can go ahead and go handle yours. And I said, listen, I'm not going to let mine sit there and tree for over an hour. I said, I don't want to get hoarse. If I happen to win, you know, I want to save him. So he said, that's fine. I know right where you're at. I said, well, I'll pull him back. I said, when I see you come, I'll turn my light on. So all that happened. And I knew Steve had to have a coon because they didn't shine but a second and they were off. Well, then they weren't gone long and Steve's dog struck again right there pretty close to me and didn't take the, that dog long and he was treated again. So they were gone and gone and gone. I'm thinking I'm probably not even going to get the cut back loose. And I'm like, oh, and not only that, when I got to my dog and handled him, I could see it was a den. It was a, a I mean, a, a hollow den. Snagged in at that. I'm like, oh, this this definitely not working out. So I sat there and I sat there and I sat there. I pulled him back and I sat on the edge of the field. Pretty soon here they come and I looked and there was 37 minutes left. Not and I'm like, well, that's that's a good thing. And I just got to be able to score this coon. I've got to score this coon or I'm done. And if it worked out, it's unbelievable. That's here's the lucky ever. You know, when you win a big hunt, I've always said it. Everybody knows it. You got to have a good break. Yep. Well, they get there, and he said, what tree is it? I said, it's this one right here, and it's a snagged in, and they're at the top about two foot above your head, you know, the top of it. It's broke off. There's a hole there, and then if you come down about head high and maybe a little lower than that, there's a couple holes about the size of a pop can, and you could tell it's just completely hollow. So I had me a good limb ready, and I said, watch them holes. And when I hit that tree a couple times, when I bat, you know, hit it with that baseball bat, you could hear the kittens squalling down in the bottom. I said, you hear those kittens? He said, yep. I said, well, watch them holes. I hit again, and here come the mama coon up. So that was a lucky break right there. I mean, we got to score that coon. <laughs> so I, I'm like, okay, I got a chance. We pulled off. And now I don't you're remember. sitting two and a quarter there? Two and a, two and a quarter. Okay. And he's sitting 175. 75. The female yeah. sat at 150, and I forgot the blue tick hat was actually treated in the ground. So he had zero. But now um, Steve's treat again, and they said that the, the female was treat again. So now they're both treat again, and I'm on the lead, but I got I, you know no leash lock, which is a great thing. I get, I'm getting ready to cut back loose. I don't remember how much time's left, but it's like 20 minutes or 25 minutes. So I'm thinking I, all I got to do is get treat again. I should be okay. Well, I cut him, and we go to walking towards that female. And there's a, a roadbed that, like our old railroad track, they tore the tracks out. So it was like an old roadbed. And we got up on that roadbed. We're walking down it. And I look at my Garmin, and that's kind of the way we sent Hobo. And Hobo, just like 100 yards ahead of us, had just crossed that old roadbed. I said, we're getting ready to walk up on mine, but I said, don't worry about it. I said, you ain't going to bother him. And he had already crossed the roadbed. And, I mean, as soon as we walk by him, he's just 50 yards over here to the left. He strikes. And he, oh, oh, 
all, all, all in there about three, 200, 250 yards. I mean, just drives it in there. Wham, comes tree. And I'm grinning. <laughs> and I'm like, and that boy hunting the blue tick, he looks at me, he said, that was impressive. <laughs> well, yeah. he's got to have him on the outside is all I can say. I said, you know how this time of year with the sows, all right, might have been a mama going home. But I said, I feel pretty good about it. And we walked on and uh, my time run out on the tree and I went to mine and they went and scored the female and they, they had to walk back right by me. The hunt's over now. And they had to walk by me to go to uh, Steve. And so they went ahead and scored me because if I had a coon, Steve couldn't win. And I had a big old fat one laying up there and um, winner. But that was so, yeah, that cast was not as easy as it looked. Steve, I see that. Steve had another coon over there. So, yes. I mean, mm. you know, you know, those scorecards don't always tell the whole oh, story. Oh, no, not at all. Not so, at all. But, yeah, that and, was a, and that used to fascinate me because there was guys, there were two guys that I remember always, always, always at the tennis center in Aurora at the PKC World Hunt, that yeah. poured over every single scorecard. Can you name those two guys? Was it J.C. Ellis? That's and, one. Um, Strickland? Nope. I'm not sure. Big Don. Oh, Don Gosowski. <laughs> yeah. They poured over every single score on that table. At PKC, you know, they kept, kept the final oh, yeah. back and then you could look you know you could look at the cards and stuff absolutely but, uh, you know and uh that was different than ukc where everything had to be confidential you know but uh right but yeah those guys always put them no they don't tell the tale that's for sure and when no. you write an article on um a dogs you know as i've done several times over the years you got to get to the guy just like just now and get the story. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because, Absolutely. Right. Well, you want to, you want to jump on forward to the final cast or was there anything that happened in round? Well, uh, the round three, uh, cast. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, a um, a kind of a bad deal. Jacob and Jack, um, Bingham from Iowa are very good friends of mine. Super people. I remember um, Jack always as a red bone man. But he's yeah. kind of switched over to walkers here. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I'm sure he's probably still got a young dog around her, a red dog, but that, uh, that little female, I think they, they, um, retired her and, um, sent her to a, a guy just a pleasure hunt now. But yeah, so he's pretty much just hunting walker dogs. But yeah, yeah um, I'd never draw BTO before. You know, of course, I, I got a lot of friends that live in Iowa, buddies. And, and so I, I did a little checking on him when I drew him and then guys that drew him the night before. And, um, I knew he was a good one and, um, heads up or you know, some people don't like heads up, heads up is my absolute favorite cast to hunt. Um, I don't know why it's just, it stems back from the hardwood Henry days and going to the PKC mm -hmm. nationals, you always had mm -hmm. heads up cast. And I honestly, I kind of kept track of all that stuff back in the day. And I was, I know it's, it's, I don't know how many it was. But with Hardwood Henry, I was undefeated in heads-up cast. He won every one of my Hattie men. Hmm. Uh, so I, that's probably why they're one of my favorites. But some people just don't like them. And sometimes they say it's harder for dogs to get separated from each other and this and that. If you make a mistake, yeah, if you do make a mistake, it's harder. There's no cushioning in between. There's no other dogs to help cushion, you know. Yeah. Well, I heard Stretch and, and Burkholder talk in there. Uh, on the YouTube uh, uh, 
footage and saying that it was hectic. You know, it was more yeah. hectic, more intense. Right. And uh, I think I would agree with that too. Yeah, I would agree too. It just, the way this one worked out um, the other night, it, it it was a bad deal for them and a, and a really good deal for me. We, I mean, we just we kind of got a screwed up a little bit of a screwed up deal with a guy. It wasn't his fault. He was taking us to a big section and actually on the way he got a call that they were in there planting where we were going to hunt and it was going to be hard to hear. So he told us, he said, you probably don't want to go there with tractors and everything. We're like, no. So he took us to another spot and it was still daylight and we parked and we got out. I'm like, is this where we're hunting? He's like, yeah. He said, I've had a, he said, I had a cast in here last night. It was fine. And, but it was like 600 yards from the edge of Greencastle, the town, it's limits, you know? And I'm like, mm. if we go, you know, yeah, we're not going to hunt that way, but you know, know about these dogs. They're not going to go the way they send you most of the time or the way you send them. Yeah. So super good boy, young guy. Um, he's like, well, I got another spot. And, um, he said, let me show you. Um, I had my Garmin out with the bird's eye and we were looking over the area and he said, give me your Garmin and I'll let me um, pull it up the other spot. So he pulled it up and me and Jacob stood there and looked at it on the bird's eye and we're like, yeah, we'd probably better go there. So we left and went there. It's only about 10 minutes away and it was a really good spot. We just, we walked down a little fence road, got on a river. It's about 150 wide, yards wide timber beside the river. And then it, it ran down there a quarter or so and then it, it dumped into big timber. So it was a really good looking spot. We walked down there and cut loose along that river and BTO struck right after the minute. Mine strikes a little bit right-handed and just made a couple kind of funny barks actually. And I strike for 75. Well, I think mine just barked crossing that water because he crossed that river and then shot across the big field to the big timber over there, about 600 yards. And when he hit that big timber, BTO's just kind of hammering around right here on the river. He's trying to figure this track out. And mine, as soon as he got to that big woods, he just made a few barks over there and come treed. So I let him settle a little bit and treat him. And we're walking that way. We had to cross that river, which he said it was crossable. And it was. We get over there and BTO had worked around a little bit there. And as on the way to Hobo, BTO comes treed. So we get to me. Um, I got a coon. Pull him off, cut him. Beautiful little, just a little creek in there. I cut him right down that creek. And before we get halfway back to BTO, mine's setting through their 800 again treed. And we get to BTO, and um, he's right on the edge of that river. No, it's a little fence road come off the river. But he's on a tree that's about two foot from a good den, but it don't touch. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just they do not touch. We walked around at the judge, the backup judge, Jacob, looked every nook and cranny, and both the judges are like, we don't see where it touches, you know, they felt bad for him. And, but oh, Jacob's yeah. a good boy and he's like, they don't touch. I agree. So minus it, you know, that they said we're minus mm, and he's, yeah. he was fine with it. So it was kind of a, that was kind of a real rough start for him. And he cuts him back loose, but we're halfway across that field. And he said, mine's, he said, he, I'm mine's kind of out of, out of gas. He said, he said, he's in that woods kind of headed towards yours. He said, just slinking around through there. He said, I'm going to tell you something, Jeff. If yours has got another coon, I'm going to be 625 points behind. He said, I'm going to be done. So we get into mine. And and I got a coon, and that's it. 47 yeah. minutes left. I mean, yeah, I was so, watching the coverage when they uh, yeah. when Alan uh, 
reported that from from the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough break for him, but I, we've yeah, all been was. there, you know. And huh? uh, and but boy, training those fight. coons, having those yeah. eyes. That's, that's but the, that yeah, that's a but that's another show of sportsmanship that a lot of people you know don't mm-hmm. realize or don't understand. I I mean, a lot of people do, but some people would have just kept on out there but he said jeff he said i'm he said i there's no way i can beat you there's no sense in keeping keeping that dog out here he said that way you know he'll he'll get a little more rest and um we won't you know who knows the dog could have got somewhere where i had to leave him treed for two hours before i could catch or something so that was it was a really true you know true show of sportsmanship for jacob to do that so well i don't know jacob but i know his daddy and i think that's just a good example right there of a coon hunter training up his kids to be good coon hunters you know yes sir yeah i know jay uh uh you know it's just um a heritage factor there that exists you know with that well, and we could get into another story that way, too. We get into this final cast now. Okay, I want to ask you, how will you feel? <laughs> you know you're in the final now. Yeah. You don't know what your dog is going you're gonna, to you're gonna hunt against yet, do you? No, not yet. I, I got a report. I had a, a friend of mine that was texting me, um, and he was get, he kind of gave me a report on what the other two casts were doing, but mm-hmm. – uh, you know, still didn't know for sure until I got back to the club and, and they, they, had, they kind of, I was the first one back, of course, cause we couldn't, oh, you know, yeah. we cast didn't last very long, but yeah. So then I just, uh, I got back and they wanted me to bring my dog up and they did a little interview and I walked him around a little bit, gave him some water and put him back in the truck, and let him rest. And, um, I went in to wait on him. And at that point I was, you know, of course I was very relieved and, and and excited that I was in the final three, but I was still focused on because I, you know, when I get to that point, I've always been, I mean, you know, yes, the money's good. Second, third money's still good. But at that point I was definitely focused on the win. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But I had, so there was something going on that was bothering me and it was the weather. I was mm-hmm. very concerned about the weather. It, I was watching it and I'm, I'm a, John laughs at me and he gets annoyed at me because I'm a weather watcher at these hunts. And, you know, sometimes the weathermen are wrong. Imagine that. I always and, say they get paid to lie, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, a lot of times I'll tell John, don't look at the weather at all. And I'll tell him, Hey, this, what's You know, this about, about ready to get a storm. We're about ready to get this. We're going to do this. And then it won't. And if it don't happen, he's like, I, I told you I wasn't going to do this or that. But, <laughs> So I was watching that weather and I'm telling you what, there was a line, a yellow and red and green coming a wall. And it said it was going to hit about two to two fifteen, mm-hmm. And I, I was, and then we had that little issue going on. I told you about with the guy that wasn't yeah. the guy. Yeah. So they kind of, they had to, it took a little longer to get us out of there. And I was very concerned about it. I actually, I was, I was talking to my wife on the way to the woods and, um, I was telling her about it and I said, I can't believe it's come down to where three of us are hunting for a, a, a prize of a hundred thousand dollars. And it's going to come down to the weather determining on what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I said, this aggravates me. And, uh, long just to finish that weather deal up, it never happened. I couldn't believe it. It broke up. It, I mean, it was just like, <laughs> it was meant to be for us. It was breaking up as it got just a few miles from there. Um, 
they just kept showing up, breaking mm-hmm. up. So that was a fantastic thing. It did get a little windy. We had no, just got sprinkled on really on the last walk to Hobo's last yeah. tree. But yeah, thank God that weather didn't come in because it, it looked bad. <laughs> well, I've been debating with myself to, to admit whether I should mention this or not since back at the early part of our discussion here today when you talked about this situation with the final cast and where there was a little bit of a uh, probably a little push and shove among club members as to who got the guide the final cast and all you know that is deja vu all over again for me with Greencastle because the last year that I was at UKC we had a situation very similar to that where we had our guides and judges all selected for the final cast and some of the local club, other clubs weren't happy. And we ended up, you know, having to make some changes and also maybe yeah. it's a green castle thing. I maybe. don't know. But, <laughs> and that was the one that uh, coon hunters will remember. It got worse than that because that was the year Dick Brothers won with his yeah. female. And we ended yep. up, you know, have a controversy because, uh, of uh, of that, and of course, uh, Dick was totally vindicated and won the won the cast as as uh, originally determined and all that. But I I don't know. Maybe there's a ghost of an old coon hunter or something that got uh, messed over at Autumn Oaks years ago. Or it something. might have been, and he's out there messing around with things. I don't know. Yeah, it's a shame <laughs> because uh, I'll tell you, some of them guys down there, um, Cody Carter, Tyler Pettit. You know, Doug Cundiff, some of the best guys in in the world. And oh uh, yeah, always have been. Yeah, that Cody Carter and Tyler Pettit both are are true coon hunters that know dogs. And you know, Mm. Cody me down there on Thursday night and guiding, and they they spend a lot of time in the woods. So, you know, I I have no clue um, what happened and why it happened. Yeah. But I'm sure they'll get it all worked sure. out. Sure. Well, we don't want They're to beat that horse get, uh, to death. But, no. you know, but that's uh, to me, that was just interesting, you know. And, uh, well, okay. So you you find out uh, that you're going to be hunting against a blue dog, and that's big news to a lot of people. There's a oh, lot yeah. of blue tick fans around the country, and you I'm bet. sure a lot of them were not, uh, were not rooting for Jeff Rickliffson. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's kind of cool. I didn't I don't really break down their cast or how they got there or whatever. But then, as we mentioned before, when we were talking about Jacob Bingham, we got Casey Stallard in the final four. And of Great. course Jeff has been around forever, his dad. Mm-hmm. I've yes. judged uh uh Jeff and old Lefty that won the national championship. Yeah. Slam it lefty. Did you ever hunt against him? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so how how did that uh, go? Is that unfolded and you're sitting in the clubhouse finding out who you're hunting against and all? What are you thinking? Yeah, that um, uh, actually that cast with uh, the top six there where Casey and Casey Stallard and Casey Maggard drew each other. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, both them guys are I know very very well. Drove I have hunted with both dogs several times and I knew both dogs were very nice hounds. So that. That was uh, I, I knew nothing about either one of the do- the other dogs, the blue dog, the um, Crowder, or the preacher man dog, the ex-bred dog. I hadn't, I never hunted with them. Didn't I? Never heard anything about them. But I knew mm-hmm. the other two. Either one of those were going to be absolute 
stiff competition. Very good friends of mine too. So I knew, I knew it was going to be fun along with a, a tough cast. Um, like I said, I do not, I didn't know the Travis deal. Sure. Didn't know him at all. I actually had drawn his son a couple of years ago out in Missouri and he was a good boy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, uh, it was exciting when they, they announced who it was going to be. And uh, I thought I, I've hunted with Joe, you know, Casey's dog many times. Um, I've drawn him since he was a puppy and that is a coon tree and rascal right there. I mean, I've he heard has, he's accurate. He has them. Mm-hmm. He has them when he mm-hmm. trees and I knew that was going to be tough. Well, can you uh, kind of walk us through that cast? Absolutely. It was, it's, it's, it was tough. It was coon. I don't know if them coons thought that storm was coming or not, but they, they weren't moving. The wind picked up. We, like I said, uh, he had Doug had to take us to a spot that, I mean, it's a, it's a good spot. He said we weren't going to be very happy because of the Hills, but you know, you can't always hunt just flat pancake stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. I, I'm not a big fan of Hills, but Hey, we were, what we were hunting for as long as it was safe hunting and big hunting and there was some coons, that's all you can ask for. And Well, I want to interrupt you here a little yeah. bit. You're 60 years old now? Yeah. That surprised sure. me. I heard that sure. the other day and I said, yeah, no, I Jeff can't be 60 yet. Yeah, February 20th. Yeah. And you had back surgery? Yep, a year and a month ago, March 21st last year. And you were actually, uh, obviously, not able to hunt during that. Right. Yeah. It was like about eight, six, eight weeks where, um, I, I wasn't that long before I had pleasure hunted. It was just a couple of weeks before I went out pleasure hunted some, just rode the ranger around and hunted easy, easy spots. But it was, it was six, seven, eight weeks before mm-hmm. I could go back to the competition hunt. Yeah. You know? Now you're here facing your fourth cast in, uh, three days. Yeah. And I, <laughs> let me let me give you a little bit of feedback on or a little bit of um news on this this I, I mean it's crazy but so we got back from our little vacation me and Gwen in Florida and I said I've had enough of this I you know I'd gained four or five pounds in Florida we ate like pigs and I I I kind of gained like 20 pounds over the last year and a half just gradually a little bit I said I've had enough and a good friend of mine had started this a, a some kind of crazy diet and he had lost 42 pounds in two months i said i'm doing it i said i don't care i'm doing it and i'm getting on this treadmill every day or outside every day now this started when we got back march 4th from uh, about a week after that if we got back from florida so Mm -hmm. i said i'm doing the treadmill or outside walking every day and i'm going to do this diet no matter what so come now i've lost 22 pounds Mm. and this is this diet has cut out every ounce of sugar. I think that's one big thing. I have more energy right now than I have had since I was 30 years old. I feel unbelievable. So to answer your question, I'm going into the fourth cast and I feel like I haven't even hunted a cast. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable how, how I felt. How many Um, red bulls did you have before? Zero. I've never (laughs) had, I've honestly, I've never drank an energy. I have not either. I have not not one. (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) On this diet, you drink water. That's it. You Mm. can't drink anything else but water. And I think that's, that's a big thing. Mm. So, I mean, I don't want to get on all that, but yes. So going into this, yes, I'm still very slow crawling up those hills, but I can do it. In flat country, I can walk with anybody, I, and I felt good going into this cast. You know, probably some of that's you're excited about being in this in the oh, final yeah. three. I'm sure, 
Sure. But so we get there and we, the winds picked up and we're in these big hills. We know it's probably gonna be tough to, tough to hear. And we cut them and we stand there and we stand there and we stand there. 10 minutes goes by. We ain't, nobody's struck. Mm. That is unheard of in Indiana. I can tell on the Garmin, mine struck. And I thought maybe I could hear him, but there's no way I was going to ask the judge if he heard him because, I mean, it was just a maybe. And Casey, all of a sudden, he's like, listen right in here. You got me? Judge's like, nope. You got me, judge. You got me, judge. You got me, judge. I'm Now, I'm, I still think I've heard mine bark a couple times, but so Casey strikes. The judge finally says, I hear one. He strikes. Now I heard mine for sure. I had Mine's a little left-handed. You got me? He said, I got another one left-handed, so strike me. So we stand there. Now the blue dog, straight ahead a little bit to the right. He, You can hear him way better than ours. He strikes, and he just comes treat. So we we stand there a minute, and we start easing that way, and everybody knows Joe's pretty much silent, um, so he was treed. But the blue dog got treed in first, and as we're walking, Casey trees, Joe, Backup judge goes with Casey, and we go to the blue dog. He's down in he gets he's down in the purdy part of this hunt. And I mean, a beautiful. You get down on the creek, and Doug had told us before we left it. Once we got out of them, those side hills there, and we get down the bottom, it's pretty. And when you get down there, now we're out of the wind, mm-hmm. and we get down there. And the blue dog's got a coon, and I've been watching mine on the Garmin. He's on an old bad track, and I'm thinking he ain't done this all week. He don't need to do this now. You know, I'm like, hmm. he's been really treating them coons pretty quick. So I'm thinking, you need to get treated. And, well, the uh, Travis with the blue dog, he decides he's going to keep his on the leash. And I didn't understand that. I'm thinking, I want mine to treat as many as he can, as fast as he can. But on the way to Joe, he he was beside me. And he kind of, I didn't ask, but he just kind of said, hey. He said, I didn't really want to turn mine loose back through there. He said, because I know yours is on the other side of Joe. And if we have to go to yours... Um, and mine's the opposite way. I might not ever hear him again. So it kind of made sense, but I, I'm, I would have been flipping loose. So mm-hmm. me and my head, we're walking to Joe and he's got first strike. I'm thinking immediately, well, this means I'm going to have to tree two now for sure to win because Joe's always got, him. I mean, he's always got, him. we get to him. He's on a small tree and he's slick. Wow. I'm thinking, you know, I've drawn the dog, I don't know how many times through the years. I've never seen him make a slick. And I mean, it, it doesn't take but a minute to see. He he don't have him. And Casey walks around there a little bit, but he don't, he don't look long because it's pretty obvious. And it, you could tell he's pretty dejected at that mm. point. When now he's first and first on a slick. Why do dogs do that to us? <laughs> tell me. Oh, yeah, right. Somehow I got to think they know. You remember yeah. that time when you <laughs> remember when you whipped me for that doing yeah, that one thing? Right. But uh my so long story short, actually by the time we get we get to Joe, I've looked at my garment again. Mine's skipped off that old bad track. Now he's on in there about eight hundred yards. And I can tell he's on another track, but I can't hear him. And uh so we pull Joe off, we got them both on the leash, we walk out there just a little bit and stop to put the time on me and you hear him, mine, my, you hear mine open in there. So they cut mine makes about two more barks and comes tree. So obviously that was a lot better track. And he's like I said, he's eight fifty nine hundred 900 yards in there. And whew, we had to walk some Hills getting to him. I, I was sure mm-hmm. glad when we got to him, <laughs> but, uh, 
we get to him and he's got a coon and find him immediately and pull mine off and nothing else has struck yet. I mean, uh, and the blue dog had walked with us. So I'm now, I want, I don't want to, don't want to make uh, that, that situation light either on the blue dog. So we had heard Kevin Rash and Strickland are good friends. Kevin had called John in between rounds and Kevin told John that the dog had ate for five days while they were up there. He, he wouldn't eat. So the dog was, he was getting weak. He was running out of gas, you know, and um, that's just, that's a bad thing. Some dogs don't travel. That's right. Exactly. But so the dog did walk with us some on the way to, to my first tree there. And, and he was gone after we scored my coon, but pull me off. Nothing struck. So I'm thinking the whole situation in my head, what I need to do. I get mine cut back loose and I'm thinking I need to get struck first. Um, because now if I know Casey's is treated somewhere, there's no doubt in my mind his is treated somewhere. I'm thinking if I can get first strike, Casey can tree a coon and tree another coon after that and still not beat me if I can get first strike. And so mine goes about 300 yards. Now Casey's got the judge back here trying to get him to hear his. I'm thinking, come on, hobo, get struck, get struck. Sure enough, mine's about 350 and mine strikes. As soon as I strike him for 100, the judge says, I got you, Casey, and he strikes and treats. So it worked out just like I wanted it to. So we take off walking. Casey's like six tenths, and we walk, and we walk, and we walk. And the blue dog does show up a couple times walking to Casey. He's, he's pretty much done. And we get now, so I'm thinking all the scenarios in my head, I'm thinking I hope the weather don't come in because I've watched mine on the Garmin, and he's kind of made a, he was kind of going parallel hunting about six, 700 yards right-handed of us as we were walking to Casey's, which was perfect. He, I'll be able to hear him if he strikes. Well, then he made a loop in this field and went back the other way. Now he's going completely opposite of us. And I'm like, now if we walk back and this, you know, we're going to have to start the stationary or not stationary, but the six on me, if we don't hear me, I take a minus, then the blue dog's going to win. You know, you get, you run all those scenarios through your head and, Casey's got a coon. That puts him at 25 minus. And now with the new rule that you can flip at any time, Casey, of course, immediately walks out across the road and, and cuts his. So now we got to go all the way back to where we heard mine. And we walk back that way. We get right there on that ridge where I struck. And we're standing there. Mine's po- mine, Now, mine's been treed for about 30 minutes on the way back. And... I'm thinking, boy, I just, I sh- just hope I can hear him. That's all I can hope, hope for, you know. And at this point, I'm still winning. But I just, you know, if we don't hear anything else and the six gets me, then I'm not going to be winning. So we're standing there, and I can hear him. I mean, it's just I can, you know, I'm the handler. I've had him as, for years or for a long time now, and I can hear him. And I asked the judge, and he said, no, I, I can't hear him. Ask him two or three times. No, I can't hear him. I'm like, you've judged me a couple times. Just remember what he sounds like and listen right through here. I said, you just listen for that rhythm. Very soon he points his laser right at him. He says, right there? I said, yes, right there. He says, I got him. So, bam, tree me. Well, now the the blue dog is open while I'm trying to get this judge way back where we left Casey's dog. So, he strikes. So, that would have saved me on the six. But now the blue dog, he's treeing. So, you know, I had to really tree and I wanted to tree first so we could go to mine. I didn't want to 
let mine set over there forever and tree while we're scoring the blue dog, you know. So we take off. And they send a backup judge to the blue dog, and we walk, and we walk, and we walk. And um, we get about, I mean, the hunt runs out. We never did hear Casey's again, and um, we pop over this ridge, and he's about, oh, five, 600 yards from us. Now you can hear him every breath while we're walking. And we get over there, and I I didn't get to hear him run that track or anything, of course, because we were walking, but I thought the way I was watching him on that Garmin, he was going around the edge of that field, and when he got to a certain point, he just zoomed in that woods and come treed. So I had a good feeling about the way I watched him on that Garmin that he probably had a coon. We get in there, and he's on a really nice-looking poplar tree, and Judge finds him immediately. It was over. So <laughs> that was an awesome feeling, you know, and – and then we get a phone call that the blue dog, actually, the two called him. He took a minus. So, I, you know, I actually didn't even need that coon at the time. But, uh, no, it was it was an awesome feeling. So you had first and first on two coons. I had second and first on oh, the first one. that's first right. First that's right. That's where the 425 yep. came in. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, okay. So, Jeff, you've hunted a lot of hunts. Yes, sir. And you hunted some big ones and little ones, and you and I hunted together a little. Last time I went hunting with you was up in around northern Michigan somewhere up there one night. Yep. We we hunted. I was hunting a little plot female that wouldn't stay treated with anything. <laughs> she, You were hunting a oh, dog yeah. named Jack or something like that. What was that dog's name? I remember a dog named, I was hunting a dog named Jack Mayhem for a while for John. That might have been him. But I, anyway, won a, I won yeah. a PKC Futurity with that dog. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Well, anyway, the point being, you know that you've won $50,000 and the Tournament of Champions title. What you feeling right then? When did it kind of creep over you, so to speak? Yeah, it was, I mean... You know, it's kind of funny. I thought I was thinking about it today that, you know, and I've always been one that I don't get nervous. I mean, I not at all do I get nervous. I, I mean, even back the very first big hunt, I mean, like big money hunt that I got in the final four of would have been the Nationals with Henry. And hmm. I, I remember even back then I wasn't nervous. Now, excited, yeah, but not nervous at all. But I remember walking across now today I was thinking about it, I'm like, that's crazy. I was walking to my dog, not knowing this blue dog left, not knowing anything what happened back here. But I I mean I, I was completely calmness was over me completely because I guess it's just knowing your dog. I mean, I just mm. there was no doubt in my mind. Now he could have had a den, but there I mean I yes, he could have had a slick, but in my mind, I'm like, there's no way this dog's got slick in here. I'm not, I was not worried whatsoever. I was, I mean, I was already thinking in my head, I've probably won this. Cause I think this dog's probably got a coon in here just the way he did things. So it's kind of crazy. You know, I, I'm surprised I wasn't like more excited, nervous or whatever, walking to him thinking, Oh my God, does he got a coon this or that? But I wasn't, it was, it was calmness, but it was um, maybe it's more. I was tired from walking them hills. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been in those hills. One night we were over there. I was judging out of uh, 
Uh, Sullivan, I guess, we went up to Greencastle in Superstakes time. I was with Mm -hmm. PKC, and we got over and got in a downpour, the one you were worried about. And those big old raindrops that looked like they weighed five pounds each were smacking me right in the eyeballs when we look up trying to (laughs) shine a tree and in those hills, too. Nothing (laughs) worth hunting in the rain. I hate it. Uh, I know, I know. Well, I hope, Jeff, as... You're talking that the younger hunters and the and the newer hunters are listening to what you're saying, listening how you analyze what's going on, how you determine by the way that dog operated, the way he worked that track, the way he ran that track into the woods, whatever. All these things, you're putting all this together into a sight picture that tells yeah. you what that what's going on there and most of the time you're going to be right yeah Yeah. there there's nothing more aggravates me more than to hear these people nowadays saying oh you don't even need to know a dog nowadays you got the garment and this and that well baloney i mean yes maybe you can go out there and hunt one in a cast but let me tell you something i i've spent knew so many nights and hours with this dog he's just three but we bought him he was 16 months old and I, I don't care what anybody says. I, I want to know every single thing that dog does. And yes, I mean, the Garmin's, I hate, I, I hated it when they implemented them. I, I still think it takes away from the coon hunting sport because I always felt like it was a, a, a team thing. It was a handler and a dog and it's kind of took a, a little bit of that out of it. But I mean, I'm used to it now, and of course I use it just like everybody. But um, Well, the yeah. benefits are so great in knowing where it's, your dog is, especially in these dogs, that, what they're worth today and yes. what they're worth in, in emotions, sure. uh, emotional uh, worth and all, to know that that dog's safe or about right. to get I, in trouble, you know. I agree. I think that yeah. outweighs all that other, but I do agree with you. I mean, you know, I said – you know, there's no way that that garment can influence the outcome of the hunt, and right. it will. But you got to know how to use it, and you got to yeah. know how to read the data and process right. it, and all that. Just like you're talking about there, you know, right. by knowing, you know. Well, hey, that's that's awesome. So now, as soon as uh, they congratulate you on that that tree, well, at that point, you know you're the winner after yeah. that second coon, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do? You call Strickland or what? what's um, going on? It was kind of funny because I, I, this is another point I make. And I wish some of these younger guys or even some of these older guys, I don't know. It, it, it's all personal preference. But when I get out of my truck before a cast, the first thing I do is shut my phone off. I mean, you know, I do not want that distracting me during a cast. Right. I you know, if I'm if I'm sitting at a tree waiting on somebody to come score me or whatever, I'm bored. I might flip it back on and 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 text somebody, text my wife, text Strickland, whatever. But my phone is off. These guys, some of my buddies, will be texting me during a cast, and they wonder why I don't answer. I don't have my phone on. I don't want it on. So right. So yeah, we were sitting there, and you know, it it was a it was a pretty cool little group. Me, and Jeremy Cox, the judge, Clayton Stark, and then Trevor Wade with us. Um, the two backup judges um, had went to the blue dog. So that was um, like those people were with me and, you know, you know, Trevor Wade's a super person, Clayton Stark, nice guy. And Absolutely. so they were top congratulating both of them. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulate me, pat me on the back. Um, Clayton wanted me to, 
um, get down with Hobo and, and, and so he could take some pictures and he videoed that coon in that tree. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. And he said, Hey, um, Jeremy's like, you want me to take a picture with your phone? I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. I said, Oh, it's off. I said, here, let me turn it on. I said, now, <laughs> if you've already announced this, when I turn this on, it's going to go bing, 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 bing. I'm sure. But he said, well, I don't think they've announced it yet. So I turned it on and it's not, it hadn't been on 10 seconds and I'm getting ready to hand it to him. My wife texts me and in capital letters, did he have a coon? <laughs> <laughs> She's up watching it, you know? And oh, so awesome. I just text her back winner. And uh, yeah, so she, she goes to Texas. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. So he takes a picture and then I call Strickland and he's half asleep. And, and <laughs> well, he's a star, you know, he was on yeah. the set with those guys up there. In fact, oh, yeah. but, he was my favorite one. And they're talking about when he was started hunting when he's nine years old. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a, uh, so what was funny though, was him and Suzanne were at the club, but they had actually went out to the truck. Suzanne was going to take a little nap and he was listening and watching the commentary, um, out the truck, but he had <laughs> fell asleep. And when I called him, I said, he said, Hey buddy, what happened then at the end there? And I'm like, uh, I had a slick man. And I said, I've moved to third place. His silence for a minute. He said, you liar. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to whooping and hollering and told him we won. Oh, so, yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. That is great. Well, you got to have fun, whatever you do, Absolutely. Jeff. You know what? If, yeah. if it's not fun, why we do it, right? I'm, right? Hey, I'm the biggest cut up out there in the cast. I mean, even in some of these, um, even in some bigger, you know, the bigger cast and stuff, man, I, I still like to cut up and have fun. I mean, keep it light. Yeah. Well, now, have you done a little running total of what this, I know it's different registries and all, but what's your lifetime handler earnings up to now, do you think? With me? With my with, and different. Oh, Lord. Wait. Well, you I, just added another 50, you know. Yeah, it's, it's. I, I I've tried to over the years try to figure it up. It's over a million. I mean, I can't even tell you exactly though. It's but it's well over a million dollars and everything. The the um with different registries and the invitationals and everything. So yeah, awesome. sure, awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, we used to say we're on the way to being a PKC millionaire. We're uh, paying eighty dollars to win sixty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good, great, great story. Well, listen, um, how old was Hobo when when you got him? Yeah, I, I'm glad you did bring that because I do want to give a little recognition for sure. And I, I haven't even called Mike Gilbert. Uh, Mike Gilbert yeah. is the one that raised this dog. And um, I was going to call him yesterday, but Larry, like you know, my phone's been blowing up, so I, I'm going to call him today. But so um, I was without a dog. We were looking. A uh, little female I'd been hunting for John just wasn't she just wasn't operating right. We decided to do something different. We would look, 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 look. And uh um Josh Watson in Georgia and um and Shane Stevenson called me and said they were on their way to Gilbert's and that the Shane Stevenson he bought a couple dogs off Mike, was really good friends with Mike, and he said, Hey, we're going up here to hunt with Mike and he's got a little dog and I'd heard of him. Um, just, he was young, really young, but he actually placed second or third in the Shelburne, Indiana pro hunt 
the summer before at 10 months old, he got second or third at 10 months old in a pro hunt. Mm. So, but I'd never really paid attention, um, you know, what he was or I hadn't really asked about him. So they just were sh- just shooting the shit with me, actually driving up there to go hunt with Mike. And they got to talking about this dog and they knew I were lo- I was looking and Shane said, you know, I got first chance at, at Hobo. And he says, um, we're going up here to hunt with him. He said, I really don't need a dog. And Mike called me, you know, Mike's one when he's done with a pup and it's, it's time to sell one. He's ready to sell it. Cause he's ready right. to move on. Yep. Old Shane, he said, Hey, you got first chance of this dog. I'm just telling you, he's, I can't do much else with him. He's, he's pretty much a finished dog. Now he's 15 months old. <laughs> <laughs> and Shane's like, yeah, let me think about it. So he called me and, and teasing me more than anything. And they were laughing at me because I was like, man, let me go look at him. Let me go look at him. He said, let me think about it. Well, the next day they called me and said, I told Mike, he said, let you guys come look at him. And if, but if you guys don't buy him, then don't sell him to anybody else. So I called John immediately and I said, Hey, let's go look at this dog. I'd looked at a couple other ones. Nothing had caught my eye. And, um, I said, I'd like for you to meet me. It's not that far. And he said, yeah, I'll meet you at Gilbert. So called Gilbert. We set it up, went down there. Um, he brought Apollo. He was hunting Apollo at the time. And I had, a friend of mine, Derek Brewer, was hunting a little dog named Junebug, and he went with us too. So we kind of would have a little cast, you know. Mm-hmm. And we actually just cut Hobo loose with Apollo first. We 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 got split up in there, and Hobo had a coon, Apollo had a coon. Um, long story short, the dog looked fantastic, and um, fifteen months old. And actually, the last we cut loose in the cast situation. Hobo just went out there and treated coon real quick, cut him off that. And he sunk through that country and was treated again. And we were like, walk back to the truck and from the truck to where he treed, it wasn't from the tree we cut off, but from the truck, he was a mile or a little more and you could hear him good. So we, you know, okay, his mouth's good. He's had coons when he trees this and that. And we were hunting state ground. I mean, it wasn't good hunting and it was December. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that thing had been pounded to death, you know. So Mike, and that's about not it. great hunting down there where not, Mike not is good. anyway. No, yeah. exactly. So Mike had talked about going to some private land after that. So me and John are in the truck together, and they're driving in another truck, and we're driving around there. And I said, "Well, Mike talked about taking us to some private land. It'll probably be a little better hunting after we get him off this one." And John looked at me and he said, "Why?" And I'm like, "What do you mean, why?" He said, well, why do we need to go anywhere else? He said, what else are we going to see? He said, let's just write him a check. <laughs> so I said, hey, I'm good with that. But, you know, I said, I didn't know if you'd seen enough. I said, you know, we saw him go by himself. We saw him go with other dog, one other dog, three other dogs, yeah. everything. You know. So we drove around there and we, we got oh, fairly close to him and we parked and we take off walking and we're walking. And Mike looks back and he looks at me and he's like, well, where's John? I said, he's writing you a check. And he laughed. He said, oh, okay. So we go in there and he had another coon. So, you know, got back the truck and he paid him. And uh, that was, like I said, he's 15 yeah. months old. And, um, now he's yeah. off of Hardeman's Jeb, right? No, he is no, off, off of, of Josie, Josie Wales. Wales. And Josie's off of Jeb. Yes. Right, right. Yep. And then a little bitch named Casey that him and Chuck Cliver had together. And she goes back to the old Frogger dog and Beller's breeding. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. On the bottom. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you that Mike has really had success with those dogs and uh, oh, great and, dog, uh, Chris Hardman down there and uh, yep. those, yeah. And uh, I've seen Mike. some nice pups come out of those dogs. Absolutely, they uh, if they make it through Mike's program, they're they're going to be a good one because he's pretty tough on them. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. bad mouthing he's, he's I mean, more people probably should be that way because um, I mean, they if they come out of there. Yeah, they're they've went through an awesome program because mike knows how to train a pup there's no doubt yeah there's for sure and i remember mike back from my earliest pkc days you know and he was always a contender you know with the dogs he brought to a hunt absolutely you know? yeah for sure well jeff you know we have been at it almost an hour and 20 minutes and i really didn't mean, i didn't mean to keep you that long because i hey. know your phone's been blowing up but hey any any other uh reflections on this weekend or uh, uh nuggets you can share with us no i mean just just other than uh still riding that that high that oh, it's oh um, man you know, it's been a while since I'd been at one big one, so it, it, it's it's great to have that feeling again. Well, you know, one time way back, I said that on my tombstone, they need to put the words, recognition is the name of the game. I've been around this coonhound thing for a long time, and I always tried to give recognition to the winners, the ones that did it the right way, the ones that, you know, put in the time, put in the work. And did all that, and to be recognized as the top dog in UKC for this last 2023, every dog in there had gone out and won at least five casts in competition, gone through a region, got there to the finals. You have four nights, you don't lose a cast, you go all the way to the top of the, you got the best UKC coon dog in the united states right there's you know, no fun. way to dispute yeah. it it's i kind of that ran through my mind too after the win that wow you know i think all my friends that i saw at lagrange all my friends at the zones and i see all my friends that made it to the top 96 in greencastle and all the ones that didn't make it there and when in, the smoke cleared i mean i was sitting there thinking wow you're standing I'm, on I'm the num- top of I'm the heap, one. brother. I mean, I've won this <laughs> where all these people have been. It, That's you right. know, and I never really reflected back at a hunt like that. But it, yeah, you're right. I did. I have thought that, and it and it, and it is pretty amazing. They'll I mean, never take it away from you. It's chiseled in stone in the record. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely, but awesome, awesome. Well, Jeff, it's always great to talk to you, and I and I like to talk to your little buddy too, John. There, whenever yes. I get a chance, and and just so happy for you guys. This this Doug that co-owns, I, I've met Doug at the hunts. What a nice guy he is. Uh, oh, John's partner. Yeah, yes. yeah, super good guy. I've got to, I'm getting to know him better and better. Um, you know, it's it, when we're in Georgia. In the mm-hmm. wintertime, um, spending some time, some time down there. We always, we keep dogs at Doug's house and he goes hunting with us a lot. And, um, mm, yeah. you know, I've met, met his wife several times. We go out, we'll all go out to eat. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't know him at all, but over the last two years, I've got to know him real yeah. well and super people. Do we pronounce his name Galbraith or Braith? Yeah. Galbraith. Yep. Galbraith. Yeah. Super guy, got all that nice hair, silver hot, silver fox. 
There you go. Oh, well. The old silver fox. <laughs> That's right. Well, Jeff, always a pleasure. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact of you taking this time today. I know uh, you get back from winning the most prestigious hunt in the country, and your father-in-law puts you to work working cows. Now, what's yeah, right with what that? The- yeah, with 40-mile-an-hour winds and 35 degrees, I'm like, hey, but no. he. Hey, let me tell you something about my father-in-law. He used to be a coon hunter. Okay. He um, hunted black and tans back in the days. Um, back in the, when Jarvis was young, he had some Jarvis hunt for bread, black and tans. He hunted and everything. But just wanted to tell you, he's 84 years old, and he sat, oh. with his, he sat there with his iPad on and watched that whole hunt till oh, 4 in the morning. Oh, man. How great <laughs> is that? Where do you get a father-in-law like that? Man. Yeah. He, that's he's awesome. a big He's a super fan. Well, so I know, all. I know that your wife has been so super supportive of your hunting, and uh, oh yeah, big time. They say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So there you go. Well, Jeff, congratulations from all of us here at the world headquarters of the Gone to the Dogs podcast. All my friends, all we were rooting for you big time, man. You carried it off. It's a great. Great story. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor, brother. Well, man, I I appreciate you uh, rooting for us and picking me to win at the other. Yeah, night. I, how about that? Felt good when I when I when I saw that on Facebook. I thought, well, he you know he's got a lot of dogs he could have picked, and and he picked me, so yeah, it meant a lot. I just to had that feeling it was your year, brother, and uh, and you you pulled it off, and that's great. Just great. Well, folks out there in podcast land, as you know, we've been spending here about an hour, almost 20 minutes, 30 minutes with Jeff Rickliffs, handler of uh, Strix Hard Times Hobo, owned by John Strickland and Doug Dalbreth, uh, the 2023 UKC Tournament Champions champion. And, uh, it's been great, Jeff, and wish you all the best as you go forward with Hobo. And uh, folks out there, if you've got uh, any needs in the way of supplies for your dogs or yourself in this coon hunting game, contact my friends at duhuntingsupply.com. They'll treat you right. If anybody asks you where's Steve Fielder, tell him he's gone down there to Indiana to hunt with the champion Hobo Dog and Jeff Rickless by He's gone to the dogs. There you go.